Welcome back to How They Train. Today I'm joined by two of the show's absolute best friends. Firstly, in his third appearance on the show, former Ironman 70.3 world champion and fifth place finisher at Ironman Australia last weekend in what he described to me over text after the race as hell on earth, Tim Reid. Reedy, how's post Ironman life treating you? Sorry, I got the coughs then. Uh, I'm going well, thanks. Um, yeah, it was a few days of the usual very sluggish brain and body, but I'm back and firing. Awesome. And uh, in the other hot seat, also former guest of the show, making his second appearance uh, and now Ironman Australia champion after his impressively dominant victory last weekend, the absolute legend himself, Tim Van Berkel. Burks, I think something that's interesting is that Within the first 10 mins um, on our first podcast we did together, way back at, at episode four, you said to me, if there was one Ironman you could win before you retired, it was, it was Ironman Australia. Um, how does it feel now that you've won it? Did you hear, did you hear that, Jack? <laughs> That's me cracking a beer, mate. It feels good. Hang on. Let me get one too. <laughs> mm. Get that? Oh, I got that. <laughs> no, nah, thanks, mate. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, it's a dream come true to to be honest, and I'm actually uh, really lost for words, and uh, I was just yeah humbled by the whole weekend and and the support I got out there on the course from uh, from the locals and from like yeah all the, the tri community. It was just a, such an awesome weekend. A big thing I want to sort of get to, like get into a little bit more deeply is that you two, from my point of view, are are at like relatively similar. Um, parts of your career, but I think you both went ar- about that race very differently, and and in the end had pretty different uh, performances at the race. So I really want to maybe just like throw to you two guys to chat about the race, chat about your build-ins to the race, talk us through the day, and and just sort of like take us inside both of your lives leading into the race and, and during the race. Oh, I, I would dis- I would say we're at totally different ends of the spectrum in terms of what. Uh, how we approached the race, you know, I, I really got excited about setting up a, a business at the end of last year. I had a, you know, I wanted to get back to being fully healthy and to be honest, not having to worry about <clears throat> the stresses of having to race for money and sponsorship. Um, and so Ironman Australia was, is, is one race I would have loved to have done a lot more for, but just didn't work out with the way things were going with with the with the business and uh so i just we sort of did what we could um and just yeah literally it was like a very um stripped down 15 hour a week prep for really not that many weeks but um I, you know as burks will probably attest to there's something really special about that race and i'm glad i did it uh even as a you know a bit of a destined to fail sort of experiment it was it's just a race that really gets my juices flowing back for triathlon. And, um, and I hope to, I hope that later in the year, like I think that things are going to calm down a lot with work as the Aussie summer of racing slows down and um, looking to probably, you know, build back into a lot more training now that the systems are all set up with RPG. But um, yeah, it was, it was just a, for, for myself, it was a very, a polar opposite approach to what I've treated that race like in the past. I knew that there were other things I wanted to get tick off in my life. And um, as much as it's hard on race day to, you know, to not race how you believe your body could go, it's um, there's a, there's a whole lot of other things in life that you, you got to tick off sometimes. So um, never say never. I'd, I'd love to probably do it, you know, really properly one more time, but this year was just not going to fit in with the schedule, but 
uh, it was still a really cool, it was still a fun experiment and, and it really did watching Burke swing really got me excited again, you know, for the sport and even not just Burke's, but the support of that race and the atmosphere is, is just different to other events. And it, it just reminded me how good, uh, how good it can be. And so when you're out there on the course and, and you're racing in a professional field and a pretty strong Australian professional field, knowing that you haven't quite done the work that it requires to win the race, um, but you're a natural competitor who wants to race, is a former Ironman 70.3 world champion um, and, and someone who's performed really well um, at that race in the past. How, how, like, can you take me through your, your actual race day and how it un, how unfolded for you and how you were feeling and, and yeah, maybe like watching Burks win and, and talk about his performance a little bit? Yeah, so um, I even when I've been really fit, I've I've had to stick to the plan for my Ironmans to go well. When I won there at Ironman Australia in 2016 and when I did my fastest time in 2019, I had a very clear plan and I stuck to it. And um, And I knew where I was at with racing. I knew where I had to sit in terms of my training, but, uh, sorry, in terms of the race. And I just, the one thing, I'm, I'm not annoyed about the 15-hour-a-week experiment. I'm annoyed that I don't know how it could have gone if I'd actually just stuck to the plan. And I just got excited. Burks took off out of, well, I swam on Burks's, Burks' feet um, for the swim. I was just trying to stay as easy as I could through that swim and knowing that I'd, you know, I'd, my biggest swim was the week prior where I got up to 3K. And honestly, I didn't feel like the swim really dropped off that much for me. I, I have to swim very regularly to maintain the feel and and then on the bike I should have just let Burks go but he was you know a few hundred meters ahead and I rode up to him and it was well above what I knew I could sustain given well, what, what training I'd done but the racer took over and I just ignored the fact that I was probably 10 15 beats too heart rate beats too high which is just at that point where I just didn't I, I can't um I, I knew I'd absolutely blow to bits at about 120 on the bike which is exactly what I didn't blow to bits completely but it was definitely I had to drop the power a lot to start absorbing some calories at 120k um and then the run again I I don't know what was going on in my brain I've coached enough people to know that you just have to stick to what you're training where you're at with your training and I, I ran the first 15k you know probably 10 or 15 beats too high I made up you know two minutes on Josh in a 2k section got way too excited so I'm going to get, I get second here or 15 hours a week and then um, reality set in and I've paid the price for the pretty crazy experiment. Ironman's not a, not a race. You can, you just can't get away without doing the, the bike work. You know, I'd probably done the run, run mileage, but uh, there's no way around, around the bike, 180 kilometers. You have to get off that bike and it can't hurt you too much. But I was, I was damaged goods <laughs> getting onto that run. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I mean, if I had to talk about Burks's race to answer your um, second part of your question, I don't know if he's going to like this, but <laughs> I, think he, I actually reckon Burks could have gone a lot. I could have gone faster. I think I believe Burks is uh, two two thirty something runner off the bike, and um, I think I feel like he, he. I always think Burks you still ride too much like a cyclist with big spikes up the hill, and the first forty k, I remember I rode up to you and I was like, mate. Just chill out. Yeah. You will win this race if you just stay strong all day. Um, because I just felt like it was a little bit, do you think, I don't know, my power was pretty high in that first 30K. What were you sort of sitting on, Burke? Yeah, it was definitely on the hardest, h- higher side, especially through all those climbs and stuff. 
it was probably for the first, oh, I reckon maybe 20K, I was around the two, um, maybe around the 280, 285. Yeah, right. And then it, it, dropped, it dropped off a fair bit. And put that in perspective, though, for, for listeners, you're, you're, you're racing at 66, 67, oh, 67. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, once I did, I did get a little excited and once you said, oh, just, just chill, just chill, I, I definitely chilled a bit. But, yeah, the, probably the first kind of 100K or so, I, I didn't feel that, that great on the bike. Like I just couldn't get comfortable into the headwind and my hip was hurting a little bit because I'm old. But, um, but yeah, about the 120, 130 mark, it just, I just felt good. And that's when I kind of, um, I kind of rode off from you guys and I felt really good coming back in and actually gained a minute back on Josh. Yeah. And I, I think you actually would have probably without that first little spiky section, um, that first 60 K, I just felt like there was a little bit too many spikes. And I think you probably would have ended up riding a little bit quicker. And I, I believe the, the way, I mean, your VO2 max and thresholds are not, like your VO2 max is not high. It's not your strength as an athlete. But yeah, the, yeah. Your, your ability to operate at such a high percentage of your VO2 max for such a long time without burning much glycogen is some of the best I've ever seen. And um, that's like, I, I think, yeah, I, I wouldn't have been surprised to see you run, you know, 239, 240, knowing how good you are. How, how I think you're just made for the, for that sort of running and um yeah i'd love to see you do it do it again and you know just modulate like moderate that those spikes a little bit more i reckon you'd you'd go another 10 minutes quicker <laughs> i i definitely felt that there was maybe like i reckon three to four maybe five more minutes in in uh that i had in the run that i could have gone quicker but i felt really comfortable most of the marathon and then i started the last lap um i saw ryan out the course and he's like i'll oh, keep pushing you know you can get some decent pto points and i'm like i got a time split i had like 10 minutes or something and i'm like you know what fuck this i'm just going to enjoy this lap and just <laughs> kind of soak it up and i like kind of wave to everyone and just kind of really enjoyed that last lap which i think will kind of be a blessing because i feel like my legs are starting to come around now and that that i want to do cans that i if I went three or four minutes quick, I reckon I would be in a bit of a hole and I probably wouldn't be recovering as quick as, as I would like to for, for, with, with cans as well. So I kind of thought, oh, I'd rather save it for cans in six weeks' time and, and then put myself in a massive hole. I didn't know that. I thought, um, I thought it was just a natural uh, breakdown towards the end, but that's pretty impressive. Oh, yeah, def I definitely started to get sore in the quads, but I, yeah. I, I felt energy wise and all that I felt fine but yeah uh, but if I had to push I reckon I could have pushed a, another three or four minutes I reckon yes yeah, if I had to if I had to chase Josh or you know or I had to chase you know so um but yeah I think in hindsight it's probably a good thing for cans going forward and then um something like uh, I'm really interested in is What's it like with Josh Amberg in a race at at an at the Ironman distance versus the seventy point three distance? Because I know that in domestic Australian races over the seventy point three distance, he sort of wrecks races for a lot of people, especially if he has another strong swimmer with him. Like if you chuck an, an Apo in the race, yeah. Oh, if you get like a, yeah, if you get like a, you throw in an Apo or Maxi Newman or guys like that, then yeah, it's um they're very hard to beat for sure. But I think Josh on his own, I've I've yeah, like he's had good days where he's been very hard to beat, but 
um, going off the last kind of few Ironmans, I've always kind of got him back. But but yeah, you throw another good swim biker in the mix, then both of them are very hard to beat. That's for sure. And so when you're looking at the start list or when you start like standing on the, the start line before the day, how worried about Josh Amberger w- would you two be over the Ironman distance if it's just you three in the race or, you know, there's a, there's a relatively small field, you know, no one's going to go with him on the swim and he's going to have to ride by himself. Are you thinking that he's, he's your sort of main threat or, or are you pretty confident that, that eventually throughout the marathon you're going to get him? I was confident Burks was going to get him. <laughs> yeah, definitely over an Ironman, but over seventy point three, he's probably um, probably better than me. If we go off our record over seventy point three, he's probably definitely got more over me. But if we go off Ironman, then I've definitely got more over him. So, yeah, uh, I definitely back myself more over an Ironman than I do seventy point three. But um, but yeah, but Ironman is what I train for and what my main goal or what I work towards each year is obviously uh, like it would be like for this year for an, for an example would be Ironman Australia cans and then hopefully a, um, an Ironman World Championships in in October. And so when you're when you have a six minute deficit off the bike to him you're sort of pretty confident that eventually you're going to get him it's not a oh fuck he's six minutes ahead how, how do I win from here? It actually got to seven minutes um, I think that was the biggest gap during the day and I think that was about um, maybe around the 120 mark. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely I definitely started to stress when I got to that. Um, but, um, I look, I knew I had a really good prep and I knew um, I've, I did the work so I just kind of backed myself and, yeah, and it, it, as soon as I started the marathon, I just, I just knew I was on for a good day. Did you expect to catch him as early into the marathon as you did? Um, yeah, probably that's, that's probably the earliest I've caught him, uh, in an Ironman since we've, uh, probably over the last few years. Uh, yeah, I was surprised, but he did, he did have some, uh, he had a few issues because when I actually saw him, I could, I could see him that he was pulling his suit back on. So he definitely had to stop and go to the toilet and stuff. So he was having some gut issues. If I can touch on just brace real quick, it was really interesting because I had, I've had ever since the, um, You've got Blumenfeld and the crew over there doing 120 grams of carbs per hour. You've now got everyone going down that path. And I've seen it um, with a lot of the athletes I coached into the race. Well, I've got to go 120. And uh, and you would know, Burks, like you go too high. And I, I did a post on this on the RPG page. Is you don't go too high. It's as good as having nothing because it just destroys you. Yeah. Destroys any absorption. And um, oh, for sure. Josh, yeah. Josh went down the 120 path and also added in a bit of Gatorade and it was guts, guts done. Yeah, oh, for sure. I def, So for this race, I actually dialed down my infinite. I dialed down the the um, the calories and I dialed down everything in, in my mix and did a whole new mix. Yeah. And I found it. I just didn't have any dramas. I wasn't bloated. I could, I could uh, take on calories during the marathon this time. So I found that really helped. So, yeah, I went on the lesser side. Then I went on the higher side. Yeah, and I, I think my best races were always on the low side as well. Um, it was, it, I just feel like it doesn't interrupt your hydration as much. There's just, you can always add more. You can't take it out. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. How, um, how anal are you two about your nutrition st- strategy throughout the race? Like how much thought are you putting into it beforehand? How much thought are you putting to it on the day? 
we both we both use the same product, so it's uh, it's yeah. pretty easy. You can answer for both of us, Berks. But I, I feel like I definitely take too much and then don't end, don't end up having half of it. But I, I try not to. I try not to overthink it. I try to keep it real basic. I find the basicer I keep it, it, the the better the race I end up having. So. I think for this race, we were pretty lucky because it was it was pretty cool. Like we didn't have to worry about heat or anything like that. So I think it made it a little bit easier. But yeah, I just I just kind of stick to the infinite mix and and um, and then once I get onto to the run, I just kind of hit water and coke and and um, just whatever they had on course. I think I had one of the gels during during the during the marathon towards the later end. But I don't rely on special needs anymore because um a you got to stop and get off your bike and get it and no no one's going to stop and well none of the pros are going to stop and get it and, and then on the run you've got to actually step off course and get your own bag to get it and i put it in there just in case i'm having a bad day and i really need it but no if you're having a good day no one's going to stop and get your special needs so i was looking forward to stop each lap <laughs> <laughs> you were going to put some shoes in weren't you reed yeah i should have should have done some testing while i was out there <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound like you <laughs> hey uh hey burks reedy touched on your race probably a little bit more than you did then can you take me through through your day how you saw it maybe from start to finish because you're obviously the the guy who won it and, and who everyone's here to listen talk to about about his race um so can you take us through it the way the day started uh, it was a really good weekend. I had my son with me and the, all the family there and it was just all okay. And I was, I was not, to be honest, I wasn't even really nervous at all. I was just excited. And, and yeah, as Reed said, the swim was probably on the, on the lighter side. It wasn't really stressful at all. It was pretty cruisy. Well, we, we lost four minutes to Josh. So we were obviously just cruising, but, um, you know, at Cairns last year, we only lost two minutes to him. So, but once I'm on the bike, yeah. I just got carried away <laughs> and, I, and I, I went for it. And then um, Reedy and Ben and Fraser caught up to me and Reed's like, mate, cool your jets, just settle down. It's a long day. You've got this, you've got this. So I kind of settled down a little bit and um, the time, the time gap just kept growing and growing. And we weren't, we weren't dicking around. We were riding pretty solid and um, it got to a point where it, yeah, it was out to seven minutes and, I felt like the pace was kind of dropping a little bit. It's like I was going to go to the front and just push it a bit and then the boys didn't come with me and I just kind of continued pushing and pulled back a minute back on Josh and um, got off the bike uh, about 5.30 down and just kind of got to work on the marathon and I instantly just knew I was on for a good day. I just felt really good. 3.50, 3.45 pace just felt really easy and and um, mowed that gap. I think I... I caught josh about 14k in and then after that i could just i just just kind of really enjoyed the day and uh and then taking the win was just absolutely amazing especially to do it in front of my young fella and my girlfriend caroline and mum and mick and my dad and stepmother and and plus all my family and friends it was just it was just an amazing experience and i was just so pumped and uh yeah uh, as i said i'm still lost for words and i'm still on cloud nine about it was there ever a point in the day where things got really hard for you and, and you thought it wasn't your day or were you feeling relatively good the whole day? Yeah, to be honest, I didn't really, um, yeah, I didn't really have a bad patch. Like obviously the first part of the bike where I wasn't feeling great, I just kind of more, it wasn't, wasn't so I was feeling great. It was more I just couldn't get kind of comfortable 
especially riding into the headwind. I was kind of all over the, over the saddle and I was trying to stretch my back and stuff, but uh, it definitely got better as the day went on. And, and same with the run. Like, as I said before, I, I got onto the last lap of the run and I had like 10 minutes or something. And, and um, Ryan, my coach, was like, push, push, you know, get some PTA points. And I was just like, nah, mate, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna soak this lap up. And just oh, no one knows it. how the PTA points work anyway. <laughs> well, that's it. Like, fuck, who knows? So, and, like, if it, goes off, if it goes off the course rating and obviously our swim was – uh, a lot longer than you know the the year that um, you went eight oh nine and Cam went eight six. Like, uh, so how can you judge it? How can you score a score when the swim's long and and there was you know you guys had bike catches, we didn't have bike catches, so there's like a bit of time. But anyway, I don't really care about the ranking, but yeah, I just wanted to really soak up and enjoy that last lap and uh, and that last lap I stopped and gave Hendricks uh, a hug and. And I gave heaps of friends and stuff high fives. And it was, I just, that last lap was just so cool. It was so fun to, it was my, my victory lap. It was, it was cool. How much has, um, obviously COVID, you know, financially it was very stressful for us. And, but also there's a lot of other very turbulent things going on in your life. How much has, uh, two things, what has, what's Ryan Williams, what role has he played with your training? And um, what's, what would you say are the, the best attributes? Um, for your training now that you, that seem to really be working, and secondly, how important do you think just having a stable, uh, happy life at, at home is paying off for you? Oh, hundred percent. I think that's been a big thing too. Like, I'm just kind of happy in life now. I've uh, obviously I have a new partner now, and and she's absolutely amazing. I probably don't give her enough credit because she's absolutely, she's just an amazing girl. She's very supportive and uh, she makes life very easy for me. So I'm very lucky. And she's a full-time nurse. She works a lot of night shifts and she's still very supportive and, and, is, and is great with my son. So I probably don't give her enough credit that I should do. So I, I'm going to actually go thank her after this podcast. But, um, but yeah, <laughs> and Ryan, he's, I, I've been working with Ryan with bike fitting for years now and and then we started working in a coach-athlete relationship uh, about two weeks before Cairns last year. And uh, we just get along really well. And uh, I, I really like his ideas with training and, um, and, and they've just been working. And, and he's got a good little crew of athletes now. We, did, we actually did a training camp in, in Port Macquarie for a week, oh, maybe about three, oh, about four weeks out from the race. And, and it was just a fun weekend and just a good bunch of blokes. and. Um, yeah, it's just as I, I also help, it helps that I'm enjoying the training again. It's kind of not like a chore like it was. I mean, training for Ironmans that never ended up happening. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, for sure. But um, but yeah, as I said, it's just I'm just happy in life, and I'm just kind of grateful for for what I've got and what I've what I do for a living, and just kind of if it is only if I've only got one more year left, well, so be it. I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna enjoy these this year and next year and we'll see what happens after that hopefully uh Berks, you'll get a few more years out of it if you keep winning races well yeah hopefully that's the plan but um that would be good can i know jack and i would both be really curious if there's like um can you talk us through like what your key sessions were on your training like was it is there anything very different to what you've done before if, on the training perspective yeah definitely like i 
Um, probably the big thing is I definitely do a lot more trainer sets than I do. And, and just sessions like SE session, like we do three by 20, like every week, it's just a set, you know, it's non-negotiable. You just do it. Um, and a bit more threshold stuff on the bike, which I find really helped me with my cycling, like, um, like six by threes or, um, we do like another one, 20 by ones and stuff like that. So. Uh, I think the big thing for me has probably been my cycling that's improved with Ryan. Uh, some of the key sets, some of the key sessions we did on the camp, um, I'm just trying to remember now. Uh, we did a day where we did like a trainer set in the morning. I think we did like three tens and then we got off into like a run build. It was like 90 minutes where we built every 20 minutes and it ended up being, you started out at Ironman pace and then we built down to like, um around just below threshold so uh yeah a lot of runs off the bike and stuff like that um and yeah a lot of build runs and stuff but in terms of mileage like it's nothing crazy it's you know it's mileage i've done in the past but um you know i think for for this build after shep i went like hours wise i went uh went like 21 24 27 then I did one really big week at 31 and then we backed it off back to like 25 and then into the, to the race, we did 18 and then race week was 16 with the, with the racing included. So um, yeah, not, not, nothing too crazy. Yeah. Obviously you have your, your, your long run and long ride in there each week. And that's, that's just done easy. There's no power set on that. It's just social. Hey, Reedy, um, Burke's just said that the big thing that's improved for him has been his bike. I'm curious because you're probably the person who's trained with Burke's more than anyone in his career and and definitely I would say the person who's raced against him more than anyone in his career. When you were out there riding with him, albeit you probably weren't at your strongest on the day, could you notice that and, and did you feel that and, and see that, that that his bike has improved? I've always th- thought Burks is um, probably a better rider than people give him credit for. I think he's um, certainly in 70.3s. I think it was more a, a tactic of uh, Burks. I think partly because he's often was in the middle of Ironman builds, which really does hamper your your top end on the bike when you're trying to go threshold for two hours in a 70.3. And I think, you know, I know f- for myself, every time I, like the last few years, I was always had an Ironman that I was building towards and I found 70.3 uh, racing on the bike quite difficult. And I'd say Burke's probably was a bit of a product of that as well because then there was races sometimes like Bustleton Ironman one year where they um, cancelled the swim and Burke's rode higher power for the 180 than he'd ever ridden in a, for a 90K. And uh, I've seen it it's so much in training where I've, he'd just blow my doors off um, but like he said, I think he's often building towards certain set goals. Um, so probably doesn't freshen up as enough to really show off his bike a lot of, a lot of the times through the year, but you saw him challenge Shep, you know, he just rode through the field. And I think that that's, uh, when he's actually fresh and, and his body's working, I think, you know, there's a few biomechanical challenges that he often has to deal with getting tight down one side and a sore hip, but when everything's flowing, I think his bike is, um, Certainly over shorter distances, I think his bike's better than his run. And over longer distances, they're both, you know, probably equally as good. And then another thing I'm really curious to get your take on is, is you said earlier that um, that you were confident 
Burks would catch Amberger in the run. I, I did an Insta poll on the How They Train Instagram um, account the night before, and 75% of people said that Josh Amberger would beat both of you on the day. Uh, Burke's got like, I don't know, 10% and, and you got about 10% as well. So what made you so confident and what, what were people missing leading into that race when they were sort of looking at, oh, well, who's going to win here? Well, I think people don't really know the sport, to be honest. They follow the hype train. And like, I, I think Josh is an excellent athlete. But if you looked at even my record against Josh, with the exception of Cairns, I've, you know, in Kona, I've always beaten him. At Ironman Australia, he got a DQ, so it wasn't really there. But even in cooler races, over 70.3 distance, uh, I'd say I'd have an edge. But I knew going into that race, Josh would beat me based just simply based off his current form and my where I was at. But I was very confident um, Burks in cooler. I, I was very confident based off just the history of Burks and Josh racing each other and knowing that Burks had had a good prep that Burks would win. Um, there's a, we've got we've got 10 years of race results to look back through and. Uh, you know, I do think social media plays a big role in who people think will win. And I think, like what Burke said, I think it was a 70.3. I think Josh would have dusted dusted Burks probably um, a lot of the time. But over an Ironman, I'm very confident if, if Burks, Burks is well-trained and in a good place mentally, he's, I think he's, uh, you know, he's shown that he's top 10 in the world um, and he's shown world-class performances regularly, you know. So uh, Josh is... Definitely had some good races, but I haven't seen it come off when he's um, out there on his own the whole day. Like, oh, yeah, he def- he definitely hasn't had a day like he went that year he won Cairns. Like that year he won Cairns, he was fucking awesome. Yeah, but that, but again, he had Cam with him to 140k. Yeah, but then he hit Cam rode up to him, and then Josh ended up dropping Cam. Yeah, yeah, it was an amazing. He went back around him and dropped him. Yeah, like he had a real, and he ran well that day. I think he ran like a, because uh, I was in the race that day and I got up to like five minutes of him, and then I, I had some stomach problems and I end up um, doing what you do, fading back to four. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, shat my pants. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, he he ran he ran really well that day. He ran like a two fifty two or two fifty three for memory, and he hasn't had an Ironman like that since since then i reckon yeah but also i think i think seeing him at hell of the west too i was a little bit he was almost really so well tuned for a 70.3 as well yeah yeah and i i just don't think four to five weeks out you should be that good a form you shouldn't be that fresh for a 70.3 you can do it like people have done it don't get me wrong crowe used to always win a race four or five yeah. weeks out but i've always felt like for the bulk of athletes you should be like pretty tired you should be deep in an ironman yeah deep in an ironman block for sure for sure that 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 also made me think nah he's he's not in the right when he when he absolutely like regardless of who was racing at hell of the west i felt like it was a really great performance but not where you should be four weeks out from an ironman and um and i was when you pulled out of that race i thought that's a smart move you're going to be yeah just doing what you need to do not breaking yourself down to the point that you yeah. got to take a week off and well yeah at that at, so at that point when it was on i had a fucking really sore knee and I, was, I missed a lot of bike sessions and i was really struggling and i was yeah i was real deep in ironman fatigue and i'm just like you know what i just can't do this race and was better off not to do it so yeah i think it was a smart move but yeah but it does crack me up that you had you know 90 percent of people thought josh would win nah 75 75 yeah but like <laughs> when you look at if you looked at burks and his history i'd say it's what probably 
six to you, one to Josh. Burks. Yeah, yeah, Maybe eight. yeah. Over. <laughs> so, but yeah. I still think um, I'd like. I I think Josh will probably obviously change things, get his nutrition right. He's a pretty astute guy, and I reckon he'll come back next year. I think he'll be pretty hungry for this race, and um, he he yeah. I don't think he makes he he makes changes, and he'll I think he'll be get that right next year, and could be a real battle. Something that I find really interesting, like almost fascinating, and I, I probably overuse that word when I talk about this to guests on this show, is the dynamics within the race. Like I was, um, I was actually the, probably my favourite part of, of of hearing about the race so far is is you riding up to Burke's Reedy and just telling him to chill the fuck out. Um, I think those like inner workings are real fascinating. Was there any points for either of you where there was like some byplay between you and someone else out in the course, like interesting conversations, things that, that we wouldn't know not being in the race that, that would be worth uh, hearing about? I don't know if Burks remembers, but I told him that I'd drop off at 120 <laughs> based on my track. Yeah, yeah. And I dropped off exactly at 120. So <laughs> maybe it was a mental block. Um, I, I tried to swim up to... You know, I, I just felt bad sitting on those guys' feet. I tried to swim up, but um, the offer wasn't taken in the swim. Sometimes it's physical gestures, you know, trying to help each other in the swim. Well, you kind of rallied once we got out of the weir and you're like, oh, let's take it in turns. You kind of <laughs> kind of rallied the troops a bit. But uh, I, I didn't leave the swim. Um, ben Phillips and Fraser did the first part. And then the last bit, I kind of came around and I led the last bit. But I'm not used to leading it, and I I still second guess myself every time. I'm like, I'm leading. I must be going the wrong way, and I had to look back like two or three times to make sure all you boys were still there. Hey, we had a kayak right in front of us. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. But at the start, we went way off course. Did you see how the kayak came around? Told us we had to go back that way. We went way off course at the start, and they had to put us back on course. But um, maybe that's where we lost the four minutes. We probably would have beaten Josh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um i guess something else I'm, I'm really interested in is is like the future for both of you guys obviously i've had conversations in private with both of you about um you know the the end not being too far away uh and, and so maybe more than hearing your own take on it i, I would really maybe starting with you reedy where do you see where do you see Burks's future? Do you see do you see Burks like challenging for a world champs, you know, podium still? Do you w- where do you think his triathlon like, career will go from here? I feel like in Ironman racing, especially physically, I don't see any reason why people should are slowing down. It's a it's more a mental um, people get over it, or their family gets over it, or it's they just start getting pulled in other directions. And I think I reckon Burks is in the best form I've ever seen. I can't see why he wouldn't have his best world championship races um, going forward. And yeah, I, I don't. There's no. There's no reason. You know, you, you lose your VO two max does start to drop off a little bit, but that's that's not that relevant to Ironman racing. It's all so much of it is strength endurance, and um, Burks has shown that he's strong, but also everything's. He's, he's the total opposite to me, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, Burks, but you're very good at sticking to one thing and not, not uh, you know, not having too much on your plate with trying to do four different things at once, which I think will pay off at the biggest races. Um, yeah, so I, I can't I – think, I think sponsors sometimes retire athletes before their time. I know, 
you know, Crowey won Kona in a record time, had one bad year, and then everyone's like, oh, he's done. I'm like, well, people don't age 10 years in one year. You know, it's uh, and I, I think it's more comes down to injuries a little bit, but also just how much uh, the people around you are willing to sacrifice and how much the athlete's still willing to sacrifice. And that's I think that's the ultimate decider of when it's time to wrap it up. Um, yeah, because sometimes it's not just the athlete who's had enough. It's just it is hard on the, the people around them and they they want to go back to a life of normality and sometimes that's what drives drives wrapping it up. But there's no reason in my mind that Burks won't have his best best world championships this year. And what's your take on that, Burks? Uh, yeah, look, I as I said, I'm kind of I've found this like new love for the sport and I'm actually more motivated than ever. And um I would really love to to get back to Kona to have one one more crack. But um to, to be honest, I'm actually really loving and enjoying just being at home in Australia and racing in Australia. I've had no desire to to go overseas and race. I got an invitation to do a racing career and I just turned it down just because I just I just enjoy being at home at the moment. But um, I, I definitely would would love to have one more crack at it just to see how how, how I would go. Um, but yeah, I'm just I've only really planned my season up to Cairns, and then after Cairns, I'll sit down with with my team and we'll try to um, we'll sort of plan out for the rest of the year. And if that's Kona, we'll then we'll uh, we'll, we'll shoot for that. And then obviously. Like Reedy's gone into it a bit then that family plays such a role and other career choices play such a role and thinking about your future and, you know, sponsorship. And, and, and there's a lot of factors that go into um, wrapping up an athlete's career. But as someone who knows Reedy as well as anyone, where do you see his sort of just like, do you still see him as capable of winning big races and, and that sort of thing if he was to to want to do it? Oh, definitely. I, look, to be honest, I definitely didn't count Reedy out as a threat on the weekend. Uh, I know how much that race means to him. He's a past champion. You can't discount a past champion. He definitely talked it down to me, but, uh, you know, chatting to other guys, Clinton and stuff like that, who was helping him with his program, he definitely said, oh, he's going well, he's going well. So I definitely didn't discount him. And uh, it's just a time thing with Reed and, and, and I can't blame him when, if I had a nice successful coaching business going, I would probably focus that too. Cause, uh, He's done really well with that and, uh, yeah, you know, good on him. But, uh, look, I reckon he could still pump out a good competitive 70.3. I, I definitely think – definitely off 15 hours. But, yeah, yeah, I think for an Ironman you probably – well, he knows that, but you definitely need more more hours for that. But I still think you can be very competitive. Well, look at look at Apo. He, he does well off 18, 18 hour weeks in 70.3. So I still think he can be competitive. But, yeah, it just comes down to a time thing. Yeah, just to back you up on that, Burks. Like, I'll definitely now things are really starting to settle down with the business that, and I actually do hope to get back to some pretty good seventy point three racing. I had to take quite a bit of time off just to get back feeling good. Like, yeah, as much as yeah. like on paper it didn't look like a good race on Sunday, I felt like I just had all my heart rate zones back instead of being stuck, not being able to get my heart rate up. So I'm really excited, Monica's actually very supportive and we're considering taking some time off and heading to Europe, you know, so if she's not working, suddenly I've got, you know, 20 extra hours I can play with for each week for training. So we're looking at a Europe trip and I'll, I'll hit a few 70.3s over there. And um, 
like you, Burke, so I'm sort of feeling really rejuvenated with it all and quite enjoying it. Um, but I, I'm not going to lie, I really do love just having the regular paycheck and 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 I do, I enjoy the, uh, I, I've always enjoyed coaching, as you know, it's not a chore for me at all. So um, I'll always be torn in multiple directions. I've just accepted who I am. Um, but there is a part of me that thinks if I was going to take six weeks off work, it would be for Ironman Australia next year to just do it one more time properly. But like you said, you can't uh, bluff your way through that bike. <laughs> you get yeah, oh, definitely for sure. Yeah, <laughs> especially on a course like that too. It's like it's not an easy bike course. Maybe like a a flatter course. Maybe you could. Maybe I should go to Europe and roll around with the fifteen cameras that seem to be follow them. Yeah. Yeah. They all bike three fifty five off two forty uh, watts. <laughs> no, nah, that's only reserved for two or three people. Go to Texas where the course is short. <laughs> This is actually an interesting topic and like, I don't know how deeply you two will go on it, but there is a lot of hype in triathlon around very, like a couple of individuals at the moment and like a few sp- like specific performances get like so much attention and, and focus. And it's quite, it's quite tricky because courses vary so much. Like you look at Burke's as Ironman Australia victory, which I think is a very solid victory um when you compare it to uh, you know ra- a lot of races over the last 12 months but it really on a on a world scale it won't get talked about that much but then you know you look at christian blumenfeld's win over in cosmall in a, a course that was short and fast and and it, it was like you know the the like jesus was reborn on that day <laughs> mate it's funny you say that because crowey always said if you go 815 816 in port he said it's sub eight on a lot of other courses so and i i you know, I think that's probably pretty accurate. And, you know, you saw Cam Worth go 8.6 eight, and then go th- yeah. 7.40-something at a race later in the year off similar, you know, similar numbers. So um, it is funny. People are obsessed with the time. But the other thing to factor in was it was a very solo day for Burks out there. I mean, Josh said to me, he goes, oh, I think I don't think it's I can keep racing off the front like this by myself. And I said, mate, Burks was... 15, 20 metres ahead of me, 80% of the ride he was by himself, maybe 85%. You know, I think it was a good eye-opener that a course like that is just fair for everyone. Hey, something I want to touch on is a few questions because I sent out a, 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 like a what questions do we have for for Burks and Reedy leading into this episode and was overwhelmed by how many there were. So I won't be able to get around to even nearly all of them, but there was a few I really want to hit. Um a big one I want to hit is is maybe directed at Burks more than anything, but I think I think both of you, um, you've both done your best racing later in your career, uh, particularly you, Burks. Like I agree with Reedy, you look better than ever, and, and you're both nearly fifty, um, <laughs> which is really impressive. Oh, mate, I tell you what, I, I feel like I feel like I'm fifty today. The old quads are still sore, knees sore. <laughs> And and doing a bit of training with you two and seeing you and and hearing you talk, I know how seriously you you take your health. Um, what is it like that you guys do that that makes it possible for you to to keep performing so so late into your careers? Oh, mate, honestly, I think um, the like even when Burke's rattled off his um, total mileage for this this prep, I think a lot of people would have been surprised that you know a lot of the weeks are twenty one, twenty three. 25 you know like yeah I, I feel like the consistency and the gradual progression over so many years you know literally two decades of training is what um sets you up to just to be able to um 
yeah, I guess support the the training load. Uh, people, you know, one a great example is um, Liam Duval, who trains under Ryan Williams with Burkle, who's, you know, probably got a higher FTP than Burks and I combined. You know, he's just an elite age group guy with a massive engine, but just hasn't done hasn't yet done the the 10 15 years of base work and so what he could sustain of that ftp and how his body body goes you know at at a sub threshold levels is just nothing like what burks and even myself now after many years burks was always way ahead of me in that regard for a long time um i think you just it's been that that gradual progression over so many years you just set yourself up to uh your body just continues to adapt and um, sessions don't take it out of you like they, like they would for someone who's three years into it. And, uh, and, and, and honestly, I think we both settled on finding what worked for us instead of listening to, instead of following what, you know, the top guys in the world are doing who get off the, get off their bike and have a massage table waiting or whatever it is, you know, you've got to be realistic and, you know, as parents, it's, we just, you got to find the right balance that works for you. Yeah, hundred percent. Doing years of that um, base work and that endurance, I just find that I don't need to do as much now because I've done it all there, and I can just work on my kind of top end stuff. And I just I feel like I'm also rocking. I'm rocking up to races fresher as well, which is kind of helping as well. Yeah, it's funny. So, like, what someone would need, you know, this is probably diverging a little bit from your question. What someone would need who's in their first five years of Ironman racing, even even the younger pros is so different to what Burks and I can need to focus on, especially as older athletes. And uh, yeah, I think we both started with, you know, Grant Giles, who's the king of aerobic base. And I think that's held us in good stead for many years. And, um, but also we both, we both implement strength training every week, which has been, you know, you can get, Uh, which is key. Yeah. As many massages and Cairo visits as you like, but if you're not, helping your body stay in that position yeah. by getting stronger it doesn't really last too long so yeah 100 percent. i would definitely do a strength session over go and get the massage yeah you just got to keep everything firing and keep everything activated and yeah hey uh just one last quick one to to end it on something i've uh, i've actually always wanted to talk to both of you about when when we get you together on the podcast which is something that, that has always been going to happen um is tell tell people some stuff about each other that that we wouldn't know like when you guys are training together you know what are some what are some things that make training with each other so so good or like yeah just like what are some funny stories that we might not have heard out in the training tracks um takes inside that well reedy thinks that i don't wash the dishes in hot enough water <laughs> so i definitely need to make the, the water hotter for doing the dishes uh now look Oh, Reedy and I, I first met Reedy on a training camp in 2008 in Jindabyne and, um, and since then we've uh, travelled the world together and we lived in the same town together and we've, uh, we've been through a lot together and I, 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 I absolutely enjoy every minute and time I've had with Reedy and he's been such a great mate. Uh, especially, you know, through that tough time in 2020 when I went through my divorce, Reedy was there and I was staying at his house and, and the support he gave me was absolutely amazing. And then um, even like us racing together and, it, yeah, it's, we've, we've had some great ding-dong battles over the years and um, we've been competitive, but at the end of the day, we, we just we can sit down together and have a beer and 
yeah, we've had a lot of great times together and I, I really hold Reedy as a dear, dear friend and uh, yeah, he's just a great bloke and I love love hanging out with him. Yeah, thanks, Ferks. I think, um, you know, what the public perception is often quite different to what, you know, Burks and I know each other to be. Like Burks is actually probably one of the more stabilising factors in my training and life and sometimes you know, even my first Ironman win, it was like I, I, I have the ability to make everything overcomplicated and get in my own head and, you know, Virks knows how bad my anxiety can be at times and, you know, he, he just basically laid it out to me as simple as you could before that race. Do this, don't run quicker than 350 and then you'll win the race. You know, like just just simplifies things and, and offers um, that was really helpful, you know, from a real um racing perspective but then even on a personal level you know Burks knows that certainly we've both been through lots of things that you know probably no one really knows a lot about um and it's definitely he's he's been someone I've been able to go to and uh share things with that um I don't think I've really you know shared with anyone so um that's really important to me and it means a lot and Definitely, you know, that, that was why I was so excited, you know, even to be with him on the bike. I just wanted him to, I knew I was, you know, obviously not racing against him with what I'd been doing, but I, I was very keen for him to win the race. And even if it was just a few few comments I could make along the way to try and keep him on track, I was really keen to try and help where I could. So, yeah, it's, it's been years and years. And I, I, I think uh, just probably kept me in this, kept me racing professional and enjoying it longer than ever. So it would be Burks was a big factor in that. Oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely don't have enough time to tell you some good stories, but maybe they're for more off air. But uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we've had a fucking good time together. Bloody yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it's Reedy, so I, I expected a sex story straight away. <laughs> he, he didn't give it to us. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that was good. That was good fun chatting, boys. Um, I think that was good and. I've uh, I've been excited to have you two on on together for an episode for pretty much since we started. Like you you're on for episode one and and four and and I hope to have you both on for for many more episodes into the future. I, I think you're both great people and and great fun to talk to and and I couldn't have been happier watching you win on the weekend. Oh, thanks, Jack. I appreciate it. Let's do this again after Burke's wins, Kona. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, like I've actually had to stop watching. Gustafs and Bloomingfield's YouTube channels because the the stuff they do and like the environment like they you know they they stay at these training camp facilities and they have these hours sleeps during the day fuck an hour sleep during the day I've never had one of them like <laughs> they just I'm like how the fuck do you compete with that like you know I've got I'm getting my training done between eight thirty and three and then after that I'm running around a fo- after a four year old like I just find that hard to comp- to compete against. But that's also what I think makes you stop enjoying the sport. You, comparison's the worst thing you can do, you know, as an athlete. You just got to you got to admit this is this is my situation. Yeah. This is what I'm going to make the best of. And I've encouraged yeah. so many of the guys I coach. I'm like, mate, post and ghost on social media. Get off there because it doesn't help your training or your racing. You start to hate it. Yeah, I def- That's why I had to stop watching them because I'm just like, fuck. It just sucks you out. Like you can't compete against these guys when getting these hours sleeps during the day. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and Reedy, i'm uh, i'm excited to hear that that maybe in the future i, I like I, I half expected you to come on and announce your retirement tonight <laughs> uh no mate. I, 
like I, I honestly think um you know it was certainly playing on my mind a lot at the end of last year but then taking time off the the hard part is mate we are so our brain is so used to the endorphins from exercise so it's very hard to operate you know I, i've i've seen i've helped athletes retire who have coached and if it's a total drop off it's uh it can be disastrous you know so I, you know people go oh what about your legacy and your racing not as well i'm like i don't really care i, I really enjoy fitting in training when i can i enjoy the structure and I enjoy how it feels to be healthy and and training um I didn't enjoy how it felt to be unhealthy and training too much either. So I've got to find the right balance, but it's, uh, it's not about everyone else. It's about what, what's good for good for me. And I think you need, uh, you've got to, um, you've got to slowly let your brain adapt to a different life. And uh, so there's, uh, there's I, I think going cold Turkey and I know Crowey did the same thing towards the end of his career. He would just do some, when he could, he would train up really well for a 70.3 and kick all our asses. <laughs> and then, but he, he said, you know, it's not about anyone else. It's about him and staying healthy and happy. And, uh, and I've, I've sort of realized the same thing for me. I, I can get pretty destructive pretty quickly if I'm, if I'm not keeping healthy and got everything ticking along well in my life. So it's, uh, there won't be a retirement anytime soon, Jack. I like the challenge of trying to fit this in. That makes me excited because the uh, the sport is better off with you in it, and same for you, Burke. So oh, I thanks. hope there's uh, a few years left still to uh, to keep watching and, and talking about you know you guys racing and yeah. So um, thanks for coming on. It was awesome. Always a pleasure to talk to both of you. I, I really appreciate it and appreciate both of you. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll touch bases soon and 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 see if there's uh, some solid goals set. It'll be good to watch you at Cairns, Burke. So I, I don't see anyone getting close to you there either. And and uh, hear a little bit more about your goals in the future, Eddie. That'll be that'll be good. Well, Reddy, Reddy might disagree with that. He's <laughs> he's got his he's got his boy Afro Afro racing. Sam so. Afro's racing. Steve McKenna's yeah. done the last minute. I think I might race cans as usual. Steve, <laughs> Steve <Stoll>. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But Afro's ticking all the boxes, and uh, yeah, it should be. I, I think I'm really excited about Afro. Tune in, everyone. It'll be close. Yeah. I thought you might be doing this is just a theme that I've I've sort of noticed with you, Reedy, that you you go and give your athletes a, a long training day Ironman before they really race one. So I thought Apo might be doing the the not fully there to win it. Well he's already done he's already done that long training day. But not under you. Well, he, he did that long training day and then after it he complained and he thought he had COVID. Oh no, he was talking about using a race as a training day. But you were talking about Basso. Oh yeah, I, yeah. The first, the first week, the first proper week, first ago, week of Ironman training. Apo, he was, he thought something was wrong with him. Well, mate, get used to it. <laughs> 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 uh, he had to, yeah, he had to go outside of his uh, usual fifteen hours per week. Sarah, Sarah, I think I got COVID. No, mate, you're just tired from training. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Awesome, boys. Enjoy the rest of your night. Thanks again. Hey, thanks. Thanks, Jack. Cheers. Cheers, mate.